Section four of Miss Mink's Soldier and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Myra Parker. Miss Mink's Soldier and Other Stories by Alice Hegan Rice. Hoodooed gordon lee surrender jones lay upon what he confidently claimed to be his deathbed. now and again he glanced furtively at the cabin door and listened being assured that nobody was coming he cautiously extricated a large black foot from the bedclothes and holding it near the candle laboriously tied a red string about one of his toes he was a powerful negro with a close-cropped bullet head a massive bulldog jaw and a pair of incongruously gentle and credulous eyes according to his own diagnosis he was suffering from asthma bronchitis pneumonia grip diabetes and old age the last affliction was hardly possible as gordon lee was probably born during the last days of the civil war though he might have been eighty for all he knew to the contrary in addition to his acknowledged ailments there was one he cherished in secret it was by far the most mysterious and deadly of the lot a malady to be pondered on in the dark watches of the night to be treated with weird rites and ceremonies and to be cured only by some specialist versed in the deepest lore of witchcraft for gordon lee knew beyond the faintest shadow of a doubt that a hoodoo had been laid upon him of course like most of his race he had had experiences in this line before but this was different in fact it was no less a calamity than a cricket in his leg just how the cricket got into his leg was a matter too deep for human speculation but the fact that it was there and that it hopped with ease from knee to ankle and made excruciating excursions into his five toes was as patent as the toes themselves what complicated the situation for gordon lee was that he could not discuss this painful topic with his wife amanda jones had embarked on the higher education and had long ago thrown overboard her old superstitions she was not only queen mother of the sisters of the order of the star and an officer in various church societies but she was also a cook in the house of mrs james bertram president of the state federation of women's clubs the crumbs of wisdom that fell from the lips of the great mrs bertram were carefully preserved by amanda and warmed over with sundry garnishings of her own for the various colored clubs to which she belonged gordon lee had succeeded in adorning only three toes when he heard a quick step on the gravel outside and hastily getting his foot under cover he settled back on the pillow closed his eyes and began laboriously inhaling with a wheeze and exhaling with a groan the candle sputtered as the door was flung open and a small energetic mulatto woman twenty years gordon lee's junior bustled into the room good long but it's hot in here she exclaimed flinging up a window i got a good mind to nail this here window down from the top i done open the door for a spell this morning said gordon lee suddenly pulling the bedclothes tighter about his neck letting in all this here night air makes my eyes sore the bedclothes having thus been drawn up from the bottom of the bed left the patient's feet exposed and amanda immediately spied the string-encircled toes 
gordon lee surrender jones she exclaimed indignantly has that there meddlin old aunt kizzy been here again gordon lee's eyes blinked and his thick sullen under lip dropped half an inch lower if you think continued amanda furiously that i'm a-goin to keep on a-workin my fingers to the bone like i've been doin for the past year a-payin doctor's bills and buyin medicines for you while you lay up in this here bed listenin to the fool talk of a passel of ignoramuses you certainly mistaken it's bad enough to have you studyin up new ailments every day without folks a-puttin em in your head what them strings tied on your toes fur gordon lee's wheezing had ceased under his severe mental strain and now he lay blinking at the ceiling utterly unable to give a satisfactory answer aunt kizzy just happened long he muttered presently ain't no harm in a old friend passin de time of day what them strings tied on your toes fur repeated amanda with fearful insistence gordon lee pushed to the extreme and knowing by experience that he was as powerless in the hands of his diminutive wife as an elephant in those of his keeper weakly capitulated ain't kizzy low i ain't saying she's right i just tellin you what she low ain't kizzy low dat cordin to de symptoms she say and i ain't sayin i believe her but she say it looks like i sufferin from a hoodoo a hoodoo amanda's scorn was unbounded if it don't beat my time how some of you niggers hang on them old notions tain't nothin tall but ignorant superstition ain't i told you that a hundred times yes you done told me said gordon lee putting up a feeble defense you all time coilin and runnin down conjurin and bad luck signs and all de nigger superstitions but you's quick nuff to take up all these here white superstitions how do you mean demanded amanda gordon lee flattered at having any remark of his noticed proceeded to elaborate i mean all dis here talk bout it's bad luck to sleep with de window shut and bout flies carrying disease and bout worms gettin in de milk if you leave it sittin round unkivered not worms corrected amanda germs that ain't no superstition that's a scientific fact they is so little you don't see em but they's there all right miss bertram says they's everywhere in the water in the air crawlin up the very walls gordon lee looked fearfully at the ceiling as if he expected an immediate attack from that direction i ain't sayin dey ain't amanda come to think of it seems like i member em scrunchin against my teeth when i eats i ain't sayin nothin tall bout white folks superstitions i spec dey's true every one of em but hit looked like you oughtn't to shit your mind against the colored signs that come down from your ma and your pa and your grandma and grandpa fur back as adam i spec adam hisself was conjured like as not the serpent done tricked him into regalin hisself with dat apple but i s'pose you'd lay hit on de germs what was disportin they selves on the apple but dey ain't no use in spootin de pint cause de fact remains that de apples done et i ain't astin you to dispute nothin cried amanda by this time in a high state of indignation i'm a-talkin scientific facts and you're talkin nigger foolishness the ignorance just naturally oozes out in the pores o your skin 
gordon lee thus arraigned lay with contracted brows and protruding lips nursing his wrongs while amanda disappeared into the adjoining room there to vent her wrath on the pots and pans about the stove despite the fact that it was after eight o'clock and she had been on her feet all day she set about preparing the evening meal for her husband with all the care she had bestowed on the white folks supper soon the little cabin was filled with the savory odor of bacon and when the corn batter cakes began to sizzle promisingly and she flipped them over dexterously with a fork gordon lee forgot his ill humor and through the door watched the performance with growing eagerness get yourself propped up amanda called when the cakes were encircled with crisp brown edges i'll get the breadboard to put across your knees you'll be eatin this soup while i dishes up the bacon and onions how'd you like to have a little jam along with your apple dumpling gordon lee sitting up in bed with this liberal repast spread on the breadboard across his knees and his large bare feet with their pink adornments rising like ebony tombstones at the foot of the bed forgot his grievance jam he repeated well dat there sally ann slocum's dumplings may need jam er maria johnsing's but dis here dumplin is complete in hitself if dey ever was a person dat could assemble a apple dumplin so's you swallow hit most afore hit gets to your mouth dat person is you harmony being thus restored and the patient having emptied all the dishes before him amanda proceeded to clear up her small energetic figure moved briskly from one room to the other and as she worked she sang in a low chanting tone you got a shoe i got a shoe all god's children got shoes when i get to heaven gwine try on my shoes gwine walk all over god's heaven 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 everybody's talking about heaven ain't gwine to heaven 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 gwine walk all over god's heaven but the truce thus declared was only temporary during the long days that amanda was away at her work gordon lee had nothing to do but lie on his back and think of his ailments for twenty years he had worked in an iron foundry where his muscles were as active as his brain was passive now that the case was reversed the result was disastrous from an attack of rheumatism a year ago he had developed an amazing number of complaints all of which finally fell under the head of the dread hoodoo aunt kizzy the object of amanda's special scorn he held in great reverence she had been a familiar figure in his mother's chimney corner when he was a boy and to doubt her knowledge of charms and conjuring was to him nothing short of heresy she knew the value of every herb and simple that grew in hurricane hollow she was an adept in getting people into the world and getting them out of it she was constantly consulted about weaning calves and planting crops according to the stage of the moon and for everything in the heavens above and the earth beneath and the waters under the earth she had a sign since gordon lee's illness she had fallen into the habit of dropping in to sit with him at such hours as amanda would not be there she would crouch over the fire elbows on knees and pipe in mouth and regale him with hair-raising tales of hants and spirits and the part she had played in exercising them dis here case of yon she said one day ain't no ordinary case 
I done worked on lizards in de legs, but I never had no occasion to treat a cricket in de leg. Looks like de cricket is a more persistent animal than de lizard. Sides, as I signify for, dis here case of yon ain't no ordinary case. Why? Why ain't it? Gordon Lee stammered apprehensively. Aunt Kizzy lifted a bony black hand and shook her turbaned head ominously. Days two kinds of hoodoos, she said, de libin and de dade. De dade ones is de easiest to lift, case day answers to charms. But nobody can lift a libin hoodoo ceptin de one dat laid hit on. I been a steadyin and a steadyin and de signs claim dat dis here hoodoo ob yon ain't no dade hoodoo. By this time the whites of Gordon Lee's eyes were largely in evidence, and he raised himself fearfully on his elbow. Ain't Kizzy, he whispered hoarsely, how am I going to find out who tis done conjured me? By the sign of seven, she answered mysteriously. I's gwine home and work it out, then I come back and tell yer. If my suspicions am true that this here is a libin hoodoo, the only power in de earth to take it off am to get a bigger trick and lay on de top of it. I gwine home now, and I'll be back inside de hour. That night, when Amanda returned home, she found Gordon Lee preoccupied and silent. He ate gingerly of the tempting meal she prepared, and refused to have his bed straightened before he went to sleep. How come you put your pillow on the floor? she asked. I ain't believing in feathers, he answered sullenly. They makes me hear things. In vain, Amanda tried to cheer him. She recounted the affairs of the day. She gave him all the gossip of the Order of the Sisters of the Star. He lay perfectly stolid his horizontal profile resembling a mountain range, the highest peak of which was his under lip. Finally, Amanda's patience wore thin. "'What's the matter with you, Gordon Lee Surrender Jones?' she demanded. "'What do you mean by sticking out your lip like a circus camel?' Now that the opportunity for action had come, he feared to take advantage of it. Amanda, small as she was, looked firm and determined, and he knew by experience that he was no match for her. "'Tain't for you to be asking me what's the matter,' he began significantly. "'The gloves on the other hand.' "'But you sinuate, nigger,' cried Amanda, now thoroughly roused. "'I's tired layin' here under dis here spell,' complained Gordon Lee. "'I knowed all along twas a hoodoo, but I never spishin' till to-day who was sponsible for it. Aunt Kizzy tried to test, and for the loud, he pinted powerful near home. Amanda sank into the one rocking chair the cabin boasted, and dropped her hands in her lap. Her anger had given place for the moment to sheer amazement. Well, if this ain't the beatenest thing I ever heard tell of in all my born days, do you mean to say that that ornery old cross-eyed nigger Kizzy had the audacity to set up before my fire in my house and tell my husband I'd laid a spell on him? That's what the signs punt to, said Gordon Lee doggedly. Amanda rose, and it seemed to him that she towered to the ceiling. With hands on hips and head thrown back, she delivered herself, and her voice rang with suppressed passion. 
yes i laid a spell on yer i laid a spell on yer when i let you quit work and lay up in bed with nothing to do but circulate your symptoms i put a spell on yer when i nurse and feed you and sport you and spile the life plum out in you i ain't claimin twasn't a rheumatism in the first place but it's a spell now all right a spell i did lay on yer a spell of laziness pure and simple after this outburst the relations were decidedly strained in the little cabin at the far end of hurricane hollow gordon lee persistently refused to eat anything his wife cooked for him depending upon the food that aunt kizzy or other neighbors brought in to amanda the humiliation of this was acute she used every strategy to conciliate him and at last succeeded by bringing home some pig's feet his appetite got the better of his resentment and he disposed of four with evident relish with the approach of winter however other and graver troubles developed the rent of the cabin which had always been promptly paid out of gordon lee's wages had now to come out of amanda's limited earnings two years joint savings had gone to pay the doctor and the druggist amanda gave up the joys of club life and began to take in small washings which she did at night gordon lee surrounded by every luxury save that of approbation continued to lie on his back in the white bed and nurse his hallucinations mandy he said one morning as she was going to work wish you'd ask marsh jim if he got a old pair of pants he could spare me her face brightened you fixin to get up honey she asked hopefully no i's just collectin of my grave clothes said gordon lee dere's a pair of purple socks in de bottom drawer and a biled shirt in de wardrobe but i been layin here steadyin bout that shirt hit's got marse jim's name on de tail of it and spose i get to heaven and saint peter he read de name and look hit up in de judgment book he's liable to come to me and say how come you wearin dat shirt dey ain't but one james bartram writ down in de book and he ain't no colored pusson co'se i could explain but i's got explain enough to do when i get to heaven without that amanda paused with her hand on the doorknob marse jim'll beat you to heaven that is if he don't beat you to the bad place first you get that idea of dying out in your mind and you'll get well i can't get well till the hoodoo's lifted and kizzy lows but the door slammed before he could finish the limit of amanda's endurance was reached about christmas time one gloomy sunday afternoon when she had finished the numerous chores that had accumulated during the week she started for the coal shed to get an armful of kindling dusk was coming on and hurricane hollow had never seemed more lonesome and deserted the corn shocks leaned toward one another as if they were afraid of a common enemy somewhere down the road a dog howled dismally amanda resolutely pushed open the door of the shed and felt her way toward the pile of chips suddenly she found her progress blocked by a strange and colossal object it was an oblong affair and it stood on one end which was larger than the other with growing curiosity she felt its back and sides and then peered around it to get a front view what she saw sent her flying back to the cabin with her mouth open and her limbs shaking gordon lee she cried whose coffin is that settin in our coal shed the candidate for the next world looked very much embarrassed 
well mandy he began lamely i can't say exactly his hits any persons just yit but his gwine be mine when de summons comes where'd you get it at demanded his nemesis his eyes shifted guiltily de foundry boss done been here last week and he give me some money i load i was layin' hit up for a rainy day and you mean to tell me she cried that you took that money and spent it for a coffin a white one with shiny handles and a satin bolster that'll done be wore out and et up by moss for you ever get a chance to use it couldn't you fix it up in terbacky or mothballs again the time i need it gordon lee asked helplessly but amanda was too exasperated this time to argue the matter fifty dollars worth of coffin in the coal shed and fifty cents worth of coal in the bin constituted a situation that demanded her entire attention for six months now gordon lee had remained in bed firm in the belief that he could not walk on account of the spell that had been laid upon him during that time he had come to take a luxurious satisfaction in the interest his case was exciting in the neighborhood being in excellent physical condition he could afford the melancholy joy of playing with the idea of death he spent hours discussing the details of his funeral which had assumed in his mind the proportions of a pageant amanda on the other hand overworked and anxious and compelled to forgo her lodges and societies became more and more irascible and depressed in some subtle way she was aware that the sympathy of the colored community was solidly with gordon lee nobody now asked her how he was nobody came to the cabin when she was there though it was apparent that visitors were frequent during her absence aunt kizzy had evidently been busy in the neighborhood one night amanda sat very long over the stove rolling her hair into little wads about the length and thickness of her finger then tightly wrapping each with a stout bit of cord to take out the kink when gordon lee roused himself now and then to inquire suspiciously what she was doing she answered with ominous calm just steadying that's all her meditations evidently resulted in a plan of action for the next night she came home from her work in a most mysterious and unusual mood gordon lee heard her moving some heavy and cumbersome article across the kitchen floor then he saw her surreptitiously put something into a tin can before she presented herself at the foot of his bed mandy he said anxious to break the silence and distrusting that subdued look of excitement in her eyes did you bring me dat possum like you load you was gwine to her lips tightened yes i got the possum and some apples for a dumpling but before i lays a stick to the fire i'm going to say my say gordon lee looked at her with consternation she stood at the foot of his bed as if it were a rostrum and with an air of detached dignity addressed him as if he had been the whole order of the sisters of the star i done arrive at a decision she declared i arrive at it in the watches of the night i'm goin to cure you cordin to your lights and knowledge i'm goin to lift that spell if i has to purge my mortal soul to do it mandy cried gordon lee eagerly you mean to say you gwine to remove the hoodoo i am she said solemnly i'm goin to draw out all your miseries for the rest of your life 
including of the cricket in your leg. Mandy, he cried again fearfully, you ain't gwine to hurt me in no way, is you? Not effin' you do as I tell you, but first of all, you got to take the pledge of silence. Whatsomever takes place here in this cabin to-night ain't never to be revealed till the judgment day. Do you swear? The big negro, fascinated with the mystery and deeply impressed with his wife's manner, laid his hand on the Bible and solemnly took the oath. Now, she continued impressively, while I go in the kitchen and get the supper started, I want you to ease yourself out in the bed onto the floor and lay with your head to the north and your hands outspread and your mind on the heavenly kingdom. Are you sure it ain't gwine hurt me? Again he queried. Not if you do exactly like I say. Besides, she added dryly, if it comes to the worst, ain't you ready and waiting to go? Yes agreed gordon lee but i ain't fixin to go till i sent fur it took not only time but courage for him to follow the prescribed directions he had for a long time cherished the belief that any exertion would prove fatal but the prospect of having the hoodoo removed together with the lively curiosity as to what means amanda would employ to remove it spurred him to persist despite groans wheezes and ejaculations once stretched upon the floor with his head to the north and his arms extended he encountered a new difficulty his mind refused to dwell upon the heavenly kingdom anxiety as to the treatment he was about to be subjected to alternated with satisfaction at the savory odors that floated in from the kitchen if the ordeal was uncertain the reward at least was sure after what seemed to him an endless vigil amanda appeared in the doorway with measured steps and great solemnity of mien she approached holding in her right hand a piece of white chalk the hour has come she chanted with this chalk and around this man i make the mark of his image stooping she began to trace his outline on the dull rag carpet speaking monotonously as she worked gordon lee surrender jones i command all the aches and pains all the miseries and fool notions including the cricket in your leg to pass out in your real body into this here image on the floor keep your head still nigger i pass em through you into your symbol and from thence i draws em out to satisfy your mind now and forevermore amen now roll over to the right and watch what's about to happen the patient by this time was so interested that he followed instructions mechanically he saw amanda dart into the kitchen and emerge with an object totally unfamiliar to him it was a heavy box-shaped object attached to a long handle this she placed on the chalked outline of his right leg then she stood with her eyes fixed on the floor and solemnly chanted draw draw according to the law lift the hoodoo now i beg and draw the cricket from this here leg and gordon lee raised on his elbow watching with protruding eyes heard it draw he heard the heavy panting breathing as amanda ran the vacuum cleaner over every inch of the chalked outline and when she stopped and kneeling beside the box removed a small bag of dust and lint he was not in the least surprised to see a cricket jump from the debris 
praise be he cried in sudden ecstasy de pain's done left me de spell's done lifted and the cricket's done removed urged amanda skilfully getting the machine out of sight you seen it removed with your own eyes with my own eyes echoed gordon lee still in a state of self-hypnosis and now she said i'm going to get that supper ready just as quick as i can ain't you gwine help me back in bed fust he asked from where he still lay on the floor what fur she exclaimed ain't the spell lifted i'm going to set the table in the kitchen and if you wants any of that possum and sweet potater and that apple dumpling and hard sass you got to walk in there to get em for ten minutes gordon lee surrender jones lay flat on his back on the floor trying to trace the course of human events during the last half hour against the dim supposition that amanda had in some way outwitted him rose the staggering evidence of that very live cricket that still hopped about the room chirping contentedly twice amanda spoke to him but he refused to answer his silence did not seem to affect her good spirits for she continued her work singing softly to herself despite himself he became aware of the refrain and before he knew it he was going over the familiar words with her oh chicken pie and pepper oh chicken pie is good i know so is watermelon too so is rabbit in a stew so is dumplings bowed with squab so is corn bowed on the cob so is china turkey breast so is eggs just from the nest gordon lee rose unsteadily holding to a chair he reached the table then the door through which he shambled and sheepishly took his old place at the foot of the table amanda outdid herself in serving him emptying the larder in honor of the occasion but neither of them spoke until the apple dumpling was reached then gordon lee turned toward her and said confidently i wished we knowed some corpse we could sell that coffin to end of hoodooed recording by myra parker